Hello, everybody. My name is Danielle Clardy, and I am your host for the Conversation Series podcast, the podcast where we sit down with different people from different walks of life with different backgrounds, different careers and niches, and hear what inspires them and how they got started. And we're doing it all right here. So let's start the conversation. I am so excited because Nicole Renard is here with us today, and I am so thrilled. I am a huge fan of her. Um, So I am going to let her give her her spiel on who she is. Hi. Oh my gosh. Thank you so much for having me. This is such a treat and I'm just so excited about it. Um, For those of you that don't know me, my name is Nicole Renard. I'm originally from a really small town in Washington state, but I live in Los Angeles right now. I moved here almost two years ago. I do a bunch of different things. So my job is very unique because I don't have a job. (laughs) I'm a full-time freelancer, so I work for myself, which has its ups and downs. Um, The best thing being that I have flexibility over my schedule. So I'm one of the things I do is acting. So when auditions pop up or if I get booked for work, it's really usually easy for me to kind of rearrange my schedule because I don't have a job I'm tied down to. But my survival job, or as they say in the industry, um, is photography. I've had a photography business for over 11 years and that has been a passion of mine for a really long time but more recently I have dipped into the content creator space and I also a significant amount of my income comes from creating content for brands so sometimes it's brands that want me to post on my Instagram or TikTok or YouTube channel or they just want me to create content for their social channels so I run a few different YouTube channels including my own and I also create videos campaigns um, and photography for other companies that is so so we have to dive into your YouTube channel because like it is like food heaven (laughs) if one has ever um you have 11.5 K follow uh, subscribers, which congratulations on that. That is like outstanding and insane. Um, but it is food heaven. Like you post like so these different recipes and so many fun things that it's like watching it. It makes me hungry 24 seven. Like I am (laughs) watching, um, you've been doing YouTube for like, you've had your channel for 10 years too. Is there a certain, like, where do you want to take your channel? Is there certain things that you plan for your channel? Oh, I mean, yes and no. It's funny because I've had my channel for forever, but people didn't start watching my videos until like a couple months ago. And it's very interesting the way that works. And I, I'm honestly thankful that now it's starting to grow and not before because I didn't know what I was doing. I used to be so frustrated creating all these videos and I'm like, I'm spending so much time mm-hmm. editing and filming and like pouring my heart and soul into these videos and then they flop and nobody watches them. And I got to a point where I was like, is this worth it? Not that I wasn't passionate about it, but it wasn't making me any money. It it was discouraging me more than anything. And I had to put it on the back burner because I had other priorities. So it never really was my main focus until about Actually, right when I moved to LA, I bought a really expensive camera as a commitment to myself to like take YouTube seriously. I was like, this is my chance. It's now or never. And if I don't actually give this a shot and see where it goes, who, who knows? So I bought this camera and I committed to posting once a week and I started to learn so much and learn about YouTube and things started to grow. But even then I still wasn't very clear on what my channel was and what my purpose was until 
honestly quarantine. I was kind of, if you go in my channel and you look, as you scroll down a couple weeks, um, it's just kind of random videos, like summer travel vlogs and summer how-to videos. A lot of them did revolve around food, but it wasn't until quarantine hit that I made the decision to stick with food. Um, because I just realized that that is what I'm most passionate about. Obviously there are other facets of my life and things that I do. And I think that's great. But for me and where I'm going with my YouTube channel, um, it, it all points me in the direction of my life goals. And that's to host and produce a traveling cooking show around the world. And my thought process is to kind of reverse engineer that and think, okay, if that's the end goal, what comes before that and what step am I on now? Because if I can start creating that content on my own, on my YouTube channel, and then as it grows, just start expanding. And let's say I start in LA, I'm actually working on producing a series right now for YouTube um, that is like a behind the scenes of different restaurants in LA where I go into the kitchen and cook with different yeah. chefs. And then hopefully as that grows, I'll start to travel to other states and then hopefully other countries. And so I'm pretty much doing what I want to do, but on my YouTube channel. So that all kind of got halted with COVID because I was planning on launching that show May 1st. Um, we have three episodes filmed right now, but once everything opens back up, we're going to keep filming and hopefully launch it by the end of the year. Awesome. So that's kind of where I'm at. In that is space. like, that is like everything you just said, like so totally just motivated me to like, just get off my butt and just kind of like, just go do it. So I love it. <laughs> and I, I have to do stuff. That's my tagline. <laughs> And I think like during quarantine, that was a huge problem. Like everybody kind of like all the creators were like, what do we do now? Like, what do we all do? Cause everything got shut down, but everybody's like, well, we still have all our cameras and stuff like that. So I think the creativity part of it kind of got challenged in quarantine. And I like it, it for me, especially like, I was like, how do I continue to put out content? What content do I continue to put out that people are interested in? Right. And also I think like not only what's relevant, but like what's going to help people in this time? Because at first I got the first week of quarantine, I was so stressed and overwhelmed because I'm like, shoot, this has been my full-time job and it's not other people's. But now that everyone has so much time at home, I felt like everyone was just putting out content because now they have the time to. And there was like an oversaturation of photos and videos and YouTube yeah. and all these things. And I'm like, my stuff's just going to get lost in the shuffle. What's the Absolutely. point of me creating? And I think more than anything, I was looking at this stuff and I'm like, this is just noise. Like, it's not helping me. It's not encouraging. It's just like a video to be a video. And so I think I had to like take a step back for a second and be like, okay, regardless of what everyone else is doing, what can I create that's fun for me, but also like adds value to people's lives because it's a really stressful time and we don't just need a bunch of stuff that doesn't make any sense. Yeah. I totally, completely agree with you. Like I, I'm kind of, if you go back and look at my videos, there's a gap of time in between like when I posted when quarantine started, just because I was like, I had to take a step back and be like, what is the best possible plan for me to put content out that is actually going to make a difference in people's lives or actually say something to people? Mm -hmm. And that was the, that was like, it was such a hard thing for me to kind of wrap my head around. Right. Yeah, totally. I get that. But it's just a weird time to be alive. And now that things are starting to open back up, I'm also trying to figure out how to gracefully transition back and yes. pivot again. It's all about like, can you pivot when things change? And Absolutely. it's really eye-opening. And 
was a wake up call for me to just be ready at all times and be flexible because I typically don't like change and I resist it by like, by all means. Yeah. Um, this was just such a good reminder that I need to be comfortable in the uncomfortable because everything's going to change always. Okay. So you are so passionate about food. Do you consider yourself to be a foodie? Like, do you take on that title? Yeah. I mean, okay. So I guess I didn't say a big, also another big part of my business is my, I have a food and travel blog. It's called Nicole the Nomad. And it's kind of a combination of food, healthy recipes, but then also travel, travel guides, travel itineraries, travel tips, all of those things. And so, um, pre-quarantine, I travel all the time. I mean, I'm usually not in one place longer for two or three weeks. And one of my favorite things to do when I go to new places is look up restaurants because I'm not going to go to a new place and like hit up the Applebee's. Like I want to explore. I want to go to the mom and pop shop. I want to go to the best bakery, the best coffee. And um, for me, it's just fun to experience new places and new menus and meet people. Um, But it's funny because like my dad, for example, when we travel, he's like, if he wants a coffee, like, let's just go to the Starbucks. And I'm like, absolutely not. We can't just go to the Starbucks. Like we're in Portland. They have amazing coffee here. So I'm definitely someone that cares about the experience, the aroma, um, and the the food. Yeah. That's awesome. What got you hooked on food? Like, was there a specific thing or did you just grow up and you're like, food is like what I love? No. So I've always loved dessert. Ice cream's been my favorite food since I was a kid. I'd eat a bowl of ice cream with my dad every night, but I don't think that really started until college. I started baking my senior year of high school, and then I got hired as a pastry chef in college. So I worked in a commercial kitchen for four years doing desserts. And so that's kind of where that stuff started. But my junior year of college, I started traveling a lot. So I lived in New Zealand for six months, and I think it was there where I I was really exposed to a lot of different things I had never eaten before and seen. And I was just trying to step out of my comfort zone and um, not be scared to try those new things. And that just got me excited about other places around the world and going to different restaurants because aside from like Burger King and a Starbucks, they didn't have anything, no restaurants that we have in America. So I was forced to go to new places. And so I think that's where all that started. Which is like a kick in the butt, like for you to actually go, like, it's like push out of the comfort zone to go and try things. Oh yeah. And I was all by myself. Like I didn't go with any friends. I wasn't there with any family. So there was just a lot of new and a lot of changes. Um, Scary at first, but definitely for the best. I'm so glad I did that. I say congratulations because you did just release like a small ebook. um, (gasps) Thank you. Which I, I have to be completely honest with you. I make an Asahi bowl every morning for breakfast. Like that is my breakfast every morning. And I absolutely love it. So tell, like, will you tell everybody what your ebook is and like what it, yeah, just what it is. I'd love to. You know, it's funny. I I just created it. I wanted to put some recipes together. I get asked all the time, like, what's the recipe? Can you post the recipe? And I do post a lot of them on my blog, but there are some that just never make it up or I don't have time and I forget. And these ones that I put in this ebook are my current five favorites. It's the five summer smoothie bowl. So they're definitely, they're all fruity. I'm pretty sure. I'm going to do another ebook in a couple of months that are all like chocolate based, like chocolate oh. peanut butter, espresso mocha, like all those types. Um, but this one is all fruity ones. They're 
um, there, it's a good balance of like sweet but healthy because I realized when I started eating acai bowls and smoothie bowls before that was ever really a thing. When I really thought about it, I was like, this is essentially just a ton of fruit. And when you break it down, I would never in one sitting eat two mangoes, three bananas, and an orange all at once. But that's what was in my smoothie bowl. So I was like, this is not good for me. And I need to figure out how to still make this, but not be so sugary. Um, And so I started experimenting with protein powders and adding fat like a nut butter or um, adding frozen vegetables because you can't even taste them and it adds volume. So I'm like... I eat with my eyes and I'm like, if it's bigger, it looks better to me. Absolutely. And so if I can make it bigger volume wise with frozen vegetables, I'm still cutting out the sugar. Um, I'm going off on a tangent, but all that to say, these recipes are built with that in mind so that if you are trying to live a healthy lifestyle, you want that protein to fill you up and it's like a well-balanced meal. That's what these recipes are. So I love them and they're great. Do you have like a favorite one that you love to make? Like, is there like a favorite flavor that you love to make? Oh gosh, that's so tough. Um, the, like the standard one I feel like that I always go to is like a pitaya banana mango combination. Yeah. Maybe some other like random fruit if I have it. But when I went home for Mother's Day a couple weeks ago, I had this idea to do a Capri Sun smoothie bowl. And it essentially was bananas, pineapple, strawberries, and then frozen Capri Suns as the ice. It's so good and it's so simple too like it's just the fruit in the capri sun but it's so it's like a it's almost like sorbet it's like a bright orange melon color and it's so beautiful like that recipe is in the ebook and the picture i took (laughs) it's gorgeous like it should be on the cover of a magazine i'm just gonna throw it out there it's so pretty (laughs) um is like when you're in the kitchen you're thinking about cooking like is there a recipe that you love to make just like in general? Um, when I'm cooking for myself, I'm so simple because I cook so much for my videos that by the time it comes to my meals, I'm like, whatever. And I just make like the most <laughs> basic things. But um, I love experimenting with bowls. So if I do like an oatmeal, like adding different things into that, or even like a bowl of sauteed vegetables with some kind of meat almost like a chipotle bowl kind of and just mixing everything together love that um i'm trying to experiment more with mug recipes okay. i made a mug mac and cheese the other night oh, and it was really good i haven't perfected the recipe yet, but when i do i'm gonna share it because i'm very excited about it i'm on the hunt for the world's best mac and cheese so it's very important business and i can't just release any old recipe um but yeah i Another thing too is I do bake a lot. And so there's a lot of sweets around all the time. And so I try to balance that out by eating really healthy for my actual meals. Mm. Um, so yeah, lots of veggies, lean protein, nothing too fancy. One thing I do love about you, like you are a Disney fanatic and you actually have made like some of the Disney foods. I absolutely, it makes my Disney heart so happy. I'm like, I want to make this now. I like the... Mickey Mouse, the head, like, I was like, oh my gosh, she did it. Yes. So I I have an annual pass. I usually go to Disneyland once a week. I do a lot of photo shoots there actually. And it's my favorite place to be. It's everybody knows that I've been there. Like I'm trying to think close to 400, 500 times in the last six years. So it's it's a lot. Um, But (laughs) one of my favorite things there is the food. I always get an ice cream cone. I love the pretzels and when the park closed, I was like, 
I want to feel like I'm at Disney. So I'm going to make these recipes. And then I threw them up on TikTok and people went nuts. And then I started finding little clips from videos, like the Disney movies that had the food in it. And I would play it at the beginning to show that that's what I was going to make. And everyone was like, ah! so that we're doing like a Disney series right now. And I'm, I feel like I'm running out of Disney food. So if anyone watching this has any suggestions, holla at your girl. Because I'll comment them down below because I yeah. like, I love seeing you make them because like, like I said, it makes my Disney heart so happy to be able to see them. I feel like I'm at the parks when I watch it, which is so awesome. That makes me so happy. People have commented, they're like, do you work at Disney or like, you should work there. I'm like, what if Disney sees this? Maybe they'll hire me. <laughs> yes. Give Nicole a deal, a brand deal of some sorts. Oh my gosh. I, my, well, I said I was going to do this at 500k, but it happened a lot quicker than I thought. Now we're at like 800k. So I think my 1 million, like, goal is going to be to make a giant Disney castle out of Rice Krispie treats. Um, we're almost there. So I'm at 800k right now. I think in a couple weeks, maybe I'll hit a million and I'm going to make a giant Disney castle out of Rice Krispie treats for that. I am patiently waiting and I need everybody to go follow Nicole so she can do this. So yes. we can all see this. That would be absolutely incredible to be at like, have you planned it out in some way like that you know how you're going to do it? Well, that's why, so I, I mentioned that I would do it at 500K and I was trying to think in my head, like realistically, how am I going to pull this off? And I couldn't think of it fast enough. And all of a sudden we were at 600 and 700, now 800. So it's, it's been growing so fast, which is so cool. I'm very grateful, but I, I haven't, I have two ideas. The first is to do it 2D. I was thinking like the beginning of the old movies where it's a blue screen and the castle yeah. pops up and with that classic music, just yeah. to like get a blue card, like a blue poster board yeah. and then lay it down on the ground and just build the castle on the blue so when I stand it up it looks like the thing yeah, absolutely or actually make the castle like it looks at Disneyland and like stand it up on my countertop yeah I don't know <laughs> both are gonna be hard but I, I want to do it like, but, but like I can't wait to see this now like I'm so excited to see this so I know I've told so many people too that I have to do it I just have to figure out how to make it work <laughs> um you talked about travel and I just want, like, want to ask you a few questions about this because, like, that is what your kind of brand is. You are a nomad, and that's mm -hmm. what you call yourself. Um, just, like, do you have, like, a list in your head of places that you have gone? So, yeah, um, New Zealand, Australia, Fiji, Israel, Mexico, Canada, um, Italy. I lived in Italy for a month. Scotland, England, Germany, Netherlands, um, Korea. Oh, wow. Shanghai. I was in Shanghai for a layover, so I don't know if that counts, but I did go to the Disneyland there, so I'm definitely counting that. that and I then I've, been, <laughs> I've been to like 30-ish states, so not all 50, but that's on my bucket list. Very yeah. cool. Is there one? Oh, in Peru. I went to Peru, too. Okay. Is there one that's like your absolute favorite, like that if you could go back right now, you would? Well, New Zealand will always hold such a special place in my heart because I lived there. Um, but I also loved Italy, would love to go back there. And I love Australia. Okay. Is I was supposed to go, I was hosting a trip, actually my first retreat I was hosting in Greece the first week of May and it had to be postponed because of COVID. But Where were you going in Greece? Um, we were going to start in Athens and then go to Santorini and Mykonos. I, so, so yeah, if anybody wants to travel with me, we're going to do it next May, yeah. so be on the lookout. Last summer, we did Paris, France, 
Athens, Greece and Santorini, Greece. And it was like one of my favorite. It's let me tell you, there are, there's nothing to be able to describe. If I could go back, I would do Greece again. Like it's absolutely incredible. I'm excited. I'm excited to go. It'll be great. Yeah. Um, okay. So I need your go-tos for your photography. Like what are, what are some of your go-to cameras and products that you use? So I've been shooting with Canon for 10 years and I just made the switch to Sony. I now shoot all Sony. Um, I do my camera camera that I do for like my shoots is the a seven R three. And then for vlogging, I use the RX 100 Mark seven. Um, both are really great. And then my lens that I have for that is the 24 to 72.8. That's, I just like to use that because it's so versatile. It's, it's a really good lens with a low aperture, but I can also zoom if I need to. So I've thought about getting a prime lens, but it's not first on my priority list right now because the one I have does what I need to do. Yeah. Um, we were talking before this and I had told you that I was on Joby's website today and I saw you and I was immediately so happy about it. Um, can you like, are you allowed to say how you got involved with Joby? Yeah, actually, um, Joby just DM'd me on Instagram, the, their account and they were like, Hey, um, we think you'd be a great fit for our ambassador program this year. And I was like, sweet, send me info. And then I didn't hear from them. And I was like, that's weird. So then I reached back out because I'm like, I want to do this. And I was like, Hey, I don't know if I missed your email, but let me know. And then they sent the email and it ended up being this really amazing partnership. Um, and I love the company anyway. I already have a lot of their products. So it was just a really natural fit and I get to work with them all year. And it's a cool thing because they have like, I don't know if they've actually updated it yet, but we're going to have a space on their website and they're going to, they've been using a ton of the content I've created on their page, which is cool. Cause I'll, I'll see their ads go by and like, wait, that's me. I filmed that. (laughs) So that's exciting. It's like a, Hey mom, look, it's me moment. Um, but yeah, it'll be through the end of the year. So be on the lookout. Cool. Um, do you have like in your portfolio pictures, like, is there a favorite picture that you've ever taken and where Mm. was Ooh, so many. Um, most of my like, oh wow pictures landscape wise for travel are from New Zealand and Italy. So if you go on either NicoleTheNomad.com all the pictures on there are ones I've taken, or um, I have a photography website as well, NicoleRenardPortfolio.com. You click on travel, all of my landscape shots are there, and like the New Zealand ones are always my favorite because that country is just so exquisite. Um, there is one picture though that I have in mind. It's my favorite picture of all time, but I actually didn't take it. I'm in it, um, but I was in Yosemite with one of my friends who's a professional travel photographer, and she, I mean, she travels all the time worldwide for huge companies so she's amazing um but she took this photo of me at taft point was it taft point or glacier point it was taft point um in yosemite and it was one of the most epic sunsets i have ever seen in my whole life and people that go to yosemite regularly said they've never seen a sunset like that we were only there for days so the fact that we were on that rock at that time and she got that picture is just mind-blowing and it's the coolest picture I think I have of myself ever. I call myself I'm a I'm a sunset enthusiast like I live yes great sunset like I love oh same yeah I I freak out they're my favorite ever yeah one of the things I want to talk about like faith and church have been such a huge part of your life Um, And I love how true you are to sharing 
just God and everything on your channel. And I just think like, there's a whole lot of, there's not a whole lot of content creators who actually share that out there on their platforms. And I think like, uh, like, I just want to like, what a role, like what role has all of like faith and church played into your life? Well, my faith is the most important thing to me. It's always been at the center of everything I do. Um, and as a content creator, I never feel like forced or pressured to post anything about that, but it is such a huge part of my life that a lot of my um, ideas come from like things that God's told me or moments in my quiet time where I'm like, oh, wow, that's really encouraging. I want to share that because if it encourages me and gives me hope, I'm like, I'm not the only person going through this and this could probably encourage somebody else. And mm-hmm. it's so funny because I feel like the messages that end up reaching the most people or not even the most people quantity wise, but the people that it needs to reach. Um, they're always the messages that I almost didn't post. They're the ones where I'm like, mm, should I do that? Like, mm, I'm afraid or mm, maybe I shouldn't. And then every time I do, I get a DM or I get a message or something from someone that says I really needed that today. And it just reminds me that like, oh, this is not about me. This is so much bigger than me. And how cool that God used me to reach that person. Like I'm literally just a vessel. It comes from him and it's going to her or him and it's going through me. Like it has nothing to do with me. I'm just the one it's going through. I'm the channel. And when you can open yourself up to let yourself be that channel and realize that God wants to and can use you to like work things through you to other people. It's the coolest thing to be part of that. I love it. Yeah. And so, well, I want to dive in because I think you mentioned this earlier, you on your Instagram, you have this hashtag do stuff. Can you tell me what your hashtag do stuff is? Yes. I'm glad you asked. So in college, I, this is before I started my blog, I was making a list of all the things I wanted to do. I'm a big goal setter. I'm really big about having big dreams, setting goals, like how are we going to get there, write it down, make a plan, all of that. And so I had this journal and I would write down everything I wanted to do. It was like a college bucket list and I'm writing down the craziest things. And then I realized that I was spending way more time making this list than actually doing the stuff. And I'm like, how lame is that, Nicole? Like get up and do stuff. That's literally how it happened and so at the time I wasn't a very good writer and I was in film school and you have to be a good writer if you're gonna like write for TV I created a blog as a challenge to myself to become a better writer but also as a way to keep me accountable because every time I would do something on the list I would check it off and blog about it and it was just for me so I started going on these adventures and actually doing the things on the list and I was crossing them off and blogging and nobody read it and I didn't care but that's when I got hired as a pastry chef so it started off as the do stuff blog and when I got hired as a pastry chef I was cooking and baking a lot and a lot of the people I was serving wanted my recipes so I thought well I'll just throw them on the blog because nobody reads it anyway um so then that's where the food stuff came in and then that next year is when I moved to New Zealand and I traveled to nine countries that year and I'm you know as a a photographer I'm taking all these incredible photos around the world and it occurred to me that oh like people probably want to see and know about this stuff so I should put it in the blog and then I changed the name to Nicole the Nomad but kept the hashtag do stuff because every time I was posting about these things and adventures I was going on I would use the hashtag and I noticed that my friends were starting to post when they would do something exciting or when they would go on a trip or go on a new hike and they would hashtag do stuff and it was encouraging people to like be the type of person that when you say you're going to do something do it 
don't just talk about it. Like, don't just talk about going on that epic road trip to Utah. Like, pack the car and go on the road trip. Like, I want to be that type of person that when I say something, you can count on me. I'm not just going to say it and forget. Like, I'm going to do it. I'm going to show up and, like, show up to life. Because when you do, that's when amazing things happen. But I think so often it's just easy to sit on the couch and be like, oh, well, one day, that'd be cool. And, like, dream up all these things. But nothing will happen unless you get up and do stuff. Absolutely. So that's what all that is. That is fantastic. And I love like that story because I think so many people do, they make their bucket list, but then they get so caught up in other pieces of their life that they just don't go out and do it. Right. And I think another big part of that too is that I know I experienced this is that I wasn't doing stuff because I was afraid. I felt like I wasn't ready. I'm like, oh, well, maybe in a little bit, but like I need to like, get myself together. I need to learn more. I need to be whatever. And the reality is I'm never going to be ready. And so no matter what it is sure you might not like summit the mountain on the first day but like do something right. you don't have to do the big thing right now but like just do something to get out there and put yourself like take a step out in faith you know absolutely so. absolutely um i have to ask the kind of the basic question to you as to what you've been living in LA for two years. What life is like living in Los Angeles? It's crazy, man. I honestly, like just to bring back the faith thing, I don't know how people do it without Jesus because <laughs> I, I love Jesus and I'm still like, sometimes it's still a struggle. So year one definitely slapped me in the face. It was a tough year and I learned a lot, but I'm very thankful for everything that happened because I'm much stronger and mature because of it. Yeah. Um, but I love the city. I love the hustle and bustle. I love being in Hollywood, um, especially because in the entertainment industry, it's just fun to be in the middle of, of it all. And I love that there's always something to do. You know, I'm the do stuff girl. And so I get bored easily. And I love the fact that I can go on a hike or go to the beach or go to Disneyland or just, there's so many things to do. I never get bored. Um, the traffic isn't my favorite, but I live in a place where I can kind of avoid it if I, if I can, yeah. um, because I work for myself. So yeah, I, for me, there's more pros than there are cons. And I think they're the most incredible people in the world here. So that's a huge part of it too. Yeah. If you have a good community, you're surrounding yourself with people that are building you up and encouraging you, then it makes yeah. a huge difference. Everybody who I've talked to or the few people that I've talked to that live in Los Angeles, they say that it is like, it is a grind. You grind to make, like, to make your name out in Los Angeles. And I think oh. that's, that um, that is what Los Angeles is. It's just a ton of people who are grinding to make their name in the world. Well, and it's it's tricky because there are a lot of people here, and ninety percent of them are in the entertainment industry. But unfortunately, a lot of people will do whatever it takes to get to the top, and they'll climb all over people, and they'll step on you. So you have to be smart, but also like I. I I don't feel like I have to do that. I know that I'm called to be different, and I approach things differently. Um, but I'm also aware that there's always somebody working harder than me. Right. So I can sit right. back and not work hard and not work on that project or not go do that audition or not whatever, but somebody else is yeah. and somebody else is staying up till midnight working on that script or whatever. And like, I want the job. I want the one to get the email that says I booked it. So that always encourages me to be like, oh, you want to complain, Nicole? You want to not do it, Nicole? Like, come on. <laughs> so I think, I think there needs to be a healthy balance because I also come from a background of like never giving myself a break and never stopping because as the do stuff girl, I started to believe the lie that 
my worth and value come from what I do rather than who I am. And I just want to make that clear that above all, I think it's more important to be stuff than it is to do stuff because we are human beings, not human doings. But Absolutely. also to know when you need to like kick it into gear and remember that like you're ultimately the one that decides what happens if you choose to do something or not, you know, there's a lot of things out of our control, but we have the opportunity to show up every day. And I want to do that. So. Absolutely. Absolutely. What is the biggest thing or what inspires you to create? I mean, Jesus, he's the center of everything. And I just, I feel so called to be in the lane that I'm in doing what I'm doing. And so at the end of the day, I'm just reminded of my purpose um, and that it's not about what I do or how many followers I have, because if he said it, it's going to happen and he's going to be the one to make it happen. So all I have to do again is show up and say yes. And so that's exciting because so many cool things are happening that are not me. Like it's literally not me. It's not coming from me. It's all Jesus. I cannot say that enough, but also people like the people the, the community and the family that yeah. has grown on my channels is encouraging to know that they look forward to seeing my videos every day and like sometimes I'm like oh this isn't worth it it's not making a difference nobody cares and then I'll get that comment that's like oh my gosh you make me so happy this brings joy like I've been so sad this week and I look forward to this and I'm like whoa yeah that's so cool it is reaching people it is making a difference um yeah, so people, I think, really encouraged me. And then also just knowing how much opportunity is out there. And there's, I mean, you can do anything. Like, I can literally, with all the skills that I have and all these, like, things around me, I could go in any direction and make something incredible. Like, all of these opportunities and resources can be turned into something if I do something with them, you know? I agree. So, like, people as a creator, like people are so important in the following that you have. I love to kind of like how food is for you in a way it's been like sports and hockey for me. So that is such a huge part of my life. And I love sharing that part with people. And I tell my stories through that. And I will get people who comment and be like, I was at this game and this was my first experience. And it kind of motivates you to be like, some I'm helping other people tell their stories and how somehow or the other this has impacted their life totally. and I love that I absolutely That's love that because I think like it's so important to tell your story but it's important to hear other people's stories too because it's oh totally because I don't think sometimes that people know that like tell your story it's important to tell your story and because like you said, somehow or the other, it might make a difference on somebody else's life out there and you don't even know. Totally. Mm, I um, love that. What's your biggest piece of advice that you would give to somebody trying to get into this crazy world of content creating or just creating in general? Ooh, there's so many things. Um, I feel like it's a two-part answer for me. The first part is when you're just starting out, like when you're starting out from scratch and you kind of don't know what you want to do, give yourself the freedom to try everything. If you have multiple passions, if you have a lot of things you think would be cool, try them. Who cares? If you don't have a following, like that's great because you can try a bunch of stuff and if it flops, nobody sees it. Like you'd rather have something fail and fall flat on your face in front of a thousand people than in front of a million people. So like, don't put so much pressure on yourself to make the next best thing as your first piece of content because 
It probably won't be, but you can't make your 50th without making your first. So like make the first one, hashtag do stuff, just get out, do it, make, let it fail, know that it's going to fail and be okay with that. And then be like, great, moving on. And then keep moving. And then I think as you start to get in the groove, you're going to learn so much and figure out like what you like and what's working and what's not. And then I think it's just so much easier when you try everything to have a clear vision of kind of what it looks like and where it can go. And that's when I suggest narrowing it down. Pick one or two things that you want to stick with and then go all in. Like that for me, I think I wish I would have gone all in with food a long time ago because I didn't. I was trying to do photography, traveling, right, being an influencer, food, like all these things, and it was actually hurting me. So don't feel the pressure to do it right off the bat. Like try a bunch of things and fail, and then when you decide what you want to do, then narrow it down and then go all in. Um, And I think. I think by then it will all make sense. Like, obviously you're still going to learn and grow through the whole journey, but by then you're going to have learned so much and kind of figured out what works for you. And it's going to be a lot less stressful. Yeah. I think like that is perfect advice to give to somebody because I mean, I think everybody tries to be perfect straight off the bat and that's just not what it is. Like you have to figure out what your message is and what you want to put out to your subscribers and followers. Right. And also be, be able to pivot, be flexible, because if this year has taught us anything, it's that one, you can't control what happens in the world and anything that's going to like, like, we're in a global pandemic, but also the apps change, Instagram changes, TikTok changes, YouTube changes. And if you're not ready for those changes and you're not able to adapt your brand and what you want to do, you're going to die. Yeah. Your brand's your person on that but right. you know what I'm saying like you have to be able to be aware of these changes and like when it happens adjust and get over yourself get over the fact that you wanted to post that video then because it's not gonna happen just yeah. pivot move on well I think that's the f- that's the funniest thing too because when the pandemic started it immediately like there were so many people on Instagram Instagram was kind of like the hit and it immediately switched to TikTok like TikTok has become the one of the biggest mm-hmm. media platforms to post on. And I think like as creators, like everybody's gone from, whoa, how do we now take what we were posting on Instagram and on other platforms and create it into this fun new way to share it with people on TikTok? Mm-hmm. Totally. Funny because I was on TikTok before all that happened and the app was very different back then. And I remember going through my For You page and I was like, there is not a lot of good content on this right. app. And it was kind of exciting for me because it was like, I know I'm confident in my ability to create content. Right. And if I can be the person that's putting out these awesome videos, like there's a huge opportunity here. But then once the pandemic hit, everybody got on the app and it just, the whole thing changed. And there's so much more there's more variety, more content, more types, more categories, which is really great. It's just different. So you, again, you have to be able to pivot. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, you kind of mentioned briefly, but will you just give us a rundown of stuff we should be looking coming from you soon? Like what, like just major projects and things that people should be on the lookout for? Ooh, well, hopefully before the end of the year, I'm going to launch that series on my YouTube channel called A Taste of Your World. And so yeah. definitely look out for that. Um, also hoping to release new smoothie bowl ebooks regularly. So there'll be new recipes every time and they're just like $1, $2 or something. So it's like really cheap, super great. Um, but 
I think just in the near future, um, lots more Disney recipes, yeah. a lot more suitable recipes. And um, I'm hoping, don't know how this is going to work yet, still figuring it out, but I want to release merch. So like aprons, okay. cooking things, cookbooks, that kind of stuff. So yeah, be on the lookout. I'm super excited. I, yeah, can't wait. Lots of fun stuff. And we have to get Nicole to a million so we can see this Disney creation castle that I am absolutely so excited to see now. Like it is going to be so fantastic and cool. <laughs> I cannot I can't wait. wait to see it. I cannot wait to see it. Um, so I want to thank Nicole again for coming on here. I am, like I said, one of, I'm a huge fan of her work. Um, and you guys, I will have all of her socials linked down below so you can go check her out. And uh, I will see you guys back here next time. Bye, y'all. Yay. Thank you, thank you, thank you for stopping by and listening to this episode of the Conversation Series podcast. We love having conversations here. And whatever platform you are listening to this on, please rate and review. It makes a huge difference. If you want to follow me on social media, you can follow me at DLClarity on Instagram and catch more behind the scenes of how we do these episodes of the Conversation Series. As always, I will see you guys back here next time. Bye, y'all.